All right, we are in the seventh week of a series. I think it's, I don't think I've ever preached a series this long. But uh, we're doing it on purpose because on Wednesday nights we started having what we call the table, or you can call it a Wednesday night service, but we call it the table where we come together and take the message that I'm preaching on Sunday and have uh, study time and conversation about it on Wednesday night because I believe that you know what you can hear information but you need you need transformation so that means there means to be application I'm using all the Asian words today so you have information you're going to hear from me today but you need application of God's word in order that there is transformation or change in your life and that's we're just taking it a step further on Wednesday nights. If you've not joined us, I, I invite you to come. We come here. We break into some smaller groups around the church building in our rooms. This building is quite large. We have a lot of rooms. And not only that, just good fun and fellowship. Get to meet new people, new friends, and people who are thinking the way you're thinking, hopefully. And look, if you come and you get in a group and you're not, well, I don't know if I fit in that group. You know what? There's a bunch of groups, so you can find another one. Amen? Because, you know, all of us are different. We don't all have the same, uh, you know, uh, desires or, or, well, I think we have the same desires when it comes to the Word of God, but we're all different, amen? you got to find where you fit, you know, find your little tribe, you know? So, invite you to come do that. And then, of course, you heard about the worship night that we're ending this series on. That's going to be a lot of fun on a Wednesday night. And then after that, I'll just go ahead and announce we're going to continue to do the table, but we're going to add the element of worship every Wednesday night. We're going to do acoustic worship right in this building. We're going to come together, so we'll have a, pretty much a Wednesday night service. So I'm, it's been a while since we've done Wednesday nights, and uh, you know what? Get, people ask me all the time, do y'all have a Wednesday night service? I'm like, no, and I always, feel, I always cringe, like, man, maybe we need to do a Wednesday night. But uh, we're going to continue to do it and uh, discuss the message. So I'm excited about that, all right? All right, talking about following Jesus. That's the series we're in. And uh, it's not just about saying, I believe in Jesus, or I think there's a God. There's a lot of people say, I believe in God, but they don't actually follow God. And so we've been talking about how to follow him, what that actually looks like when we actually follow Christ. And we've gone over several top topics, but today I want to focus on, I simply entitled the message, Disciples Serve. I know I'm probably not going to get a lot of amens today, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Everybody say, disciples, serve. When you become a parent, regardless of how you feel, it becomes your responsibility. Now, there's a lot of people that don't take that responsibility, right? That's a problem we have in society today. There's a lot of fathers that... They have a child, but they don't take responsibility for their child. Amen? We see that across the American. It's affecting our families, our homes. But the truth is, is when you become a, a parent, you now have a duty to fulfill. You have a duty to fulfill. And I want to pick up a scripture here in Luke 17 and verse 10. And I'm really catching the end of the story. Jesus is talking about what it means to be a servant and I'm just going to read the last verse of this portion. He says, when you've done everything that you were told to do, you should say, you know what? We're really unworthy servants. 
And we've only, really, what we've done is our duty. In other words, if, I, if that's what I've been called to do, then it's my responsibility. It's like becoming a parent. It's just my duty to fulfill. And I, I picked up another version this morning, another translation. Uh, and I wanted to read kind of what he was talking about here. And they don't have it upstairs, so you're just going to have to listen to me. In verse 7, it says, When a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of sheep, he doesn't just sit down and eat. He first prepare his master's meal, serves him in his, his supper before eating his own. And the servant is not even thanked because he's merely doing what he was supposed to do. In the same way, when you obey me, Jesus is saying, when you're following me, you should say, you know what? We're not, we're, I'm, do, I'm not doing this for praise. I'm not doing this for praise. Or, and and that's, that was, he was trying to make his point. We are servants who have simply done our duty. Amen? I didn't have a bunch of kids so I could get praise. No, I, I, I love them, and the, but I'm simply doing my duty as a father, as a mother. Does that make sense, anybody? So it's our duty when we follow Christ to serve. Matter of fact, duty is a word of action. That means there's something needs to be done. When something needs to get, you know, when there's a, a, a cause that needs to be championed, it's just like, you know, coming this weekend, we got fall festival, you know, it's a great cause. It's not just, oh, another pumpkin patch, you know. No, it, it, there's more behind it. There's, as what we're doing is creating an outreach. We're going fishing for our community, amen. Those that are looking for a church family, those that need Jesus, those that are lost. You know what, they may not come in here, but they're going to come to the parking lot and they're going to bring their kids and they're going to eat wild corn. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to be awesome. So we, we, the church body, have a duty to get involved regardless of the personal cost involved. And I just want to say this. I'm thankful for everybody in this church that serves. Our dream, we call them our dream teamers. I want to thank you. Some of you are sitting here in today, and some of them are serving. You know, you, you usually serve one or two weeks out of the month, or some of you are serving three weeks out of the month, and those that are in the taking care of our kids and our babies right now, thank you if you can hear me. Thank you. Amen. I'm thankful for people that are serving. Those that are serving right now behind these cameras, those are serving the media, the ushers, the greeters. I mean, all over this building, we have people who are serving, and I'm so thankful for them. But they're doing it, hopefully, not to get attention, but because it's just my duty, my responsibility as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Our public servants that work in our communities often, I mean, they just embody the spirit of duty. Think about it. When a firefighter rescues someone out of a, a burning vehicle or, or, or a car or, or a home, you know, the public comes out and says, this, that's my hero. But that firefighter will stand up and say, no, I'm, I'm just fulfilling my duty. When a police officer goes out and he stops a violent crime and, or they find someone that's been lost, I'm going to tell you something. The public will raise them up as a hero, but the police officers say, no, I was only doing my job. When paramedics and doctors and nurses, and I'm thankful for all those right now that are still working in our, our medical industry. Come on, somebody that's trying to, I mean, they've been through it. They're going through it, been through it. But when they save people's lives, they don't come out and say, hey. No, they say, I'm just fulfilling my duty. When a soldier 
goes off to war. If you have a family member that's a part of the, 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 the Marines or the Army or the Navy or the Air Force, if you, if you have someone or you've been there yourselves, I'm so thankful for them. I don't, I, my boy's there right now serving, amen? But he, if he goes off to war, I mean, uh, when, it, when it came to Afghanistan, he was ready to go. I mean, like, there was no, like, I don't know if I want to go. No, I'm going not to be a hero, but because I'm just doing my duty. You know I'm going somewhere, right? When a follower of Jesus signs up to serve, it's not heroic. It's simply, everybody say it. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. And you have received a gift. You may not know it yet. We help you try to discover that here. But use whatever personality, whatever talent, whatever abilities that you have to serve. What does it say? To serve who? Not self-serve, but to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Aren't you thankful that God serves you in various forms? He meets you at your point of need. And he's saying, now I need you to do this for me. And you're going to see in the Bible today that as Christians, as, as Christians and believers, we believe that Christ has called us to serve. Now let me ask you a question. What makes a person great? I want you to think about that. Because the answer depends on who you ask. Right? There's all kinds of opinions that you're going to receive. Some would, said, would say, you know, what makes a person great is if they have a lot of money. Because they're considered successful. Some people would say, you know what, uh, if you make it to the top of your chosen field, I mean, and you make it far, you become the best of the best. That's what makes someone great. Or others might say, well, if you have influence and you have knowledge and maybe you have a great education, that's what makes a person great. But Jesus had his own definition of greatness. You know what it is? It's right here in the Bible, Matthew 20, 26. Whoever wants to become great. Are y'all with me? Whoever wants to become great among you must be your. I once heard a man say this. He said, if serving others is below you, then leadership is beyond you. We have a lot of folks, you know, that want to be a leader. And I, I, I want to tell you something. You want to know the way to become a great leader? you got to serve your way to it. Matter of fact, you never stop serving. There's no day that I arrive. Matter of fact, all great leaders are servant leaders. It's not like, well, let me get this many years under my belt. How many of you know I'm still serving? How many of you know that all the days that I've pastored, 25 years now, I'm still serving? Have there been days I didn't... Feel like serving? Amen. Can I be honest? Yeah. yeah. I get tired dealing with y'all's problems. <laughs> I was talking to one of my cousins yesterday, and 
he works in the government in Houston, and he's transitioning. He's, as a matter of fact, he's the mayor of Deer Park. And um, we were talking about the similarities of even pastoring and what he's doing, because it's all about people. And uh, he said, you know, this, is a, this is, has to be a calling. This has to be a calling to be a pastor, because, man, I, I was raised in this thing, and so I have my, probably my experience expectation and my ability to handle some of this comes from thank good thank goodness from good training from my mom and dad amen um, but it's a calling amen but everybody I don't want to get off on that everybody is called to serve and we're servant leaders according to Jesus greatness and serving go hand in hand yes. amen so it's the very essence of the Christian faith. Now, I think most of us intuitively, deep down, know this. It's like, tell me something new, Pastor. I know that. Uh, but the reason I say that is when you start thinking of people who have been uh, maybe the most influential in your life, people that you look up to the most, I want you to think about that. They always share two qualities. They love and they serve. They love and they have servitude. I mean, if I were to ask someone who their favorite teacher is or was in high school or maybe a favorite boss was or whomever it might be, and then I ask you why, you're going to say two things. Well, here's why they're my favorite, because they really cared about us. They really cared. They loved. They would, they, and they would do anything for us. They would, how many of you ever had an instructor that just that they took time to care for you, and then they would just go all out? Like making sure that you were taken care of. That's the people that you're going to say, man, that's what makes them great. I mean, if you have a best friend, what makes them a best friend? You know, the reason that they're your best friend is because they would stick with you through the thick and the thin. Right? I mean, that's what makes them a best friend. Knowing they'll accept you with your hair down and no makeup on, ladies. And no matter what kind of shape you're in, I'm going to be there for you. What is it that makes them great? They love and serve you. Many of you have businesses. You may have your own business, and I'll give you a secret to success. You ready? Love people and serve people. And now you say, well, that's kind of weird. I'm not going to love my customers. Well, you know what I'm saying. You need to care about them. If you're on to the next person, the next person, before long, you, people are going to talk about that. Like, I don't know that they really care. No, you you got to take care of people. Debbie and I, we do our best. I mean, there's a lot of people here to take care of, but we, we try to show our love, and I try to show it from the pulpit as best I can because I'm passionate about God, and I'm passionate about you. If you want to have a great business or be a great person, just care about people. Serve them. I mean, I promise you. I mean, you know the businesses I always call back? The ones that care. I mean, sometimes they may not even have the, as good of a quality of a product, but I will always call that person back because they're going to take care of me. And they care about their customers. Anybody, hey, you want to build a great business? It's not going to happen just by advertising. It's going to happen by word of mouth. I'm trying to tell you what makes a person great. Anybody. Mark 10, 45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve 
and he gave his life for everybody. Now, I love the way that Jesus said this. He said, you know what? I'm, I'm the son of God. I mean, can you imagine? I'm God come in the flesh to this earth. You know what? Because I love my people so much. I know that what we lost in the garden, I've got to come back and redeem them. I've got to come back and pay the price because they can't do it on their own. And you would have thought if there was anybody that, that could come and say, you know what? I, I'm, I'm God. You need to serve me. It would have been Jesus. But no, he said, no, I didn't come for that purpose. I come because I love and I'm here to serve you. And later on, if you keep reading, he says, and what I've done for you, now I need you to go do. This is the way it works. You want to you see how the world turns and make it a better place? This is how you do it. Now, why would he say that? Well, today I want to look at some specific reasons right out of God's word uh, about serving even in the local church. Amen? So let's go to number one. Disciples serve because the church is the hope of the world. Let me re-say that again. Disciples serve because the church is the hope of the world. Maybe I need to wake somebody up. See, I just don't know if we believe that anymore. It's pretty hopeless out there. And I'm telling you, the only hope we have is Jesus Christ. And you know what? He will make the, He's what makes all things new and better while we're here. Amen. But he is the only hope past this life. And the church, who's the church? Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to about this building we're in. I'm not looking at pastor right now. I'm looking at you. You the church. Come on, you got to tell them. Look, look at me. Y'all looking at me. Look at your neighbor right now. Look at him. Look at somebody. I'm, come on, I'm looking at you. Look, look at the neighbor. Look at him. Come on. See, you can't even look him in the eye. Look at him right now. Look at him right now. Say, you. You the church. And guess how God works? He works through the church. See, sometimes we categorize God way out here somewhere and I do my religious thing. No, he saved you. The church is the vehicle that God uses here on earth. Are you hearing me? We're the church. Local churches, just like this one, are the expression. We are the representatives. We, the Bible calls us ambassadors. Amen. That means you're the representative of another kingdom. Amen. See, that's the whole thing. We're so earthly-minded, we we're, no, we're no kingly good. Amen? In other words, we're thinking about tomorrow and right now and my flesh, and, you know, I'm hungry right now. I hope he gets us out early. And Yeah. You got to think about who your daddy is. Your creator is. You were called to represent him on earth. In Romans 12, 5, Paul says in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to the others. So there are many scriptures in the Bible that refer to the church uh, as the body of Christ. And he's left us this responsibility uh, see, after Jesus was crucified, after he died and was resurrected, uh, when he was physically leaving the earth, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but he said, hey guys, I'm out of here, 
I need you to take over. That's what he said. I have greater things. Matter of fact, he said, there are greater things to be done, and you're going to do greater things than even I have done. Because Jesus was one man on this earth in one place, and he said, I have to leave, and I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you my spirit to live in each one of you because that way now we can be everywhere at one time and I need you to be my representatives on earth. Amen? I need you to take over. We are his body. We are called to finish the work that he started. Now, many of you work for great companies, and I'm not here to demean your company. I just want to show you something, okay? You work for a great company, maybe. You get paid. And I hope that everybody in here uh, that, that works, I hope you get paid a lot of money. And then you tithe. In that order. Actually, you can reverse that order. You want to get paid? Start tithing. Oh, but here's what happens. You work for a company, and they provide a service or a product, and in the process, the people who work for the company get paid. Then you can put a roof over your head. You can provide food for your, your family. Hopefully, you can go on a vacation every once in a while. Anybody? However, companies don't do the same things as a church body does. A church exists to make Jesus Christ known. We say it this way around here. We want to help you to know God. Well, I mean, that's why we're here. Uh, only purpose. Uh, every time somebody walks in the door, just don't forget, no matter if it's a child, if it's a teenager, no matter where you're serving, I'm here to help somebody to know who he is. Because he, if you ever get a taste and see uh, the Lord and how good he is. If you ever feel his presence, and you know what, how he's going to do, do that? The people are going to feel that through loving and serving. You know, when we welcome them with open arms and you got a smile on your face, you were a representation of Jesus Christ in your life. That's why it's important if you're a greeter, don't stand out there greeting like this. Some of you look like you you madder than a hornet, meaner than a hornet. I ain't talking to them. Boy, ain't going back to that church. No, we have great greeters. We have great greeters. We do. <laughs> a company is not going to do what a church does. The church is the only entity, the only organization that is out to make Jesus famous. Is anybody hearing me? Nobody else is going to do that. And if we're waiting on somebody else to do that, it's not going to happen. Let me tell you something. The government sure ain't going to make it happen. If anything, they're going in the opposite direction. Our school systems are definitely not making it happen. They're taking prayer and everything else out of the school, right? It's not going to happen. There is no entity, no organization on this earth other than the church that is going to put the full focus on Jesus Christ and making him known. And it's the only entity, the only organization, the only body on earth that is able to push back the gates of hell and fight against all the demonic spirits that have come against this nation and our world, your family and your children. I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus. And if you don't believe it yet, I pray you'll believe it before you walk out of here. 
I know there's power because I've seen it change people. I've seen it change lives. I've seen where things were hopeless and Jesus stepped into the picture and totally resurrected a situation. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise for what he's done in your life already. Nothing like the church. I said, there's nothing like the church of Jesus Christ. Our soul business is the soul business. Hallelujah. You've been called. You know what? It's pretty mind-boggling to think that Jesus would leave and look at some ragtag, imperfect people like you and me and say, you got this. Just keep on doing what I was doing. Be my hands and feet. I'm so thankful for all the people. Again, I'm going to say it again. There's people who get here early every Sunday morning. You may not even know about people working that come. I just want you to know how grateful I am. Opening the doors, making sure, you know, trying to get the temperature right. And it's never right. You know, this person's freezing over here. You brought your winter blanket. This other person's sweating over here. And they got their suntan lotion out. I mean, trying to make everybody happy. Jesus said, I'm leaving here. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And while I'm doing that... I need you. I'm depending on you. I'm depending on you to be my church. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing more powerful than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing. It can save lives. I mean, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it has power. It has power. You're not just getting goosebumps when you come into the church. No, I want you to feel God's strength and power in you. No, he can absolutely resurrect your mind and how you even thought before. Clean out that junk, that, the way you thought, and give you a clear mind of like, oh, now I see. Now, anybody ever had that happen? Like the Lord just get a hold of your life and, and give you clarity. Amen. Give you some common sense. Amen. This is not some hocus-pocus, woo, spiritual thing going on. No, this is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that started 2,000 years ago, and it's still helping people, changing people, and resurrecting people's lives. And whenever you begin to read his words, like we talked about a few weeks, weeks ago, this is God's letter to you. When you ever begin to read it and realize what's in it, you're going to be like, oh, my God. And then you experience the power of the Holy Spirit working with it. Amen. Oh, my that's when you, you're like, <laughs> I cannot deny. Here's a second reason. Disciples serve because he created me to serve. Where? In the church. In the congregation. When God created you, he designed you on purpose. You weren't an accident. Your DNA, God decided and it's an amazing thought to think that nobody has your DNA except your kids. But not ever, no, no one alike, not one. You are an individual all on your own. And for us to say there's not a creator, that just blows my mind. Like, man can't even touch that. 
I mean, what, what's amazing to me is like we've got to depend on the science. And what happens is science then discovers some of this stuff. I mean, you remember when they discovered DNA? Yeah. I mean, like they're solving all kinds of crimes like 30 years later. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and God's like, yeah, did that a long time ago. He designed you with a purpose in mind. Let me just say this. I'm going to be very bold. He designed you to be right here at CLC. (laughs) What? I don't see that in your Bible. I don't even know if I like this church. (laughs) I'm just kidding, y'all. It's not in the Bible. But if you don't like this church, you need to find one. Amen. I talk, uh, again, I was with some family members yesterday, and one of my cousins, you know, the past few years, she had some tough time, went through a divorce, and we were talking. I said, so uh, where are you going to church? And she looked at me, and she goes, I'm honestly not going anywhere. I haven't been going anywhere. She grew up in church. She knows what church is about. But it, and I, I'm not trying to shame you. Trying to tell you what you're missing out on. Amen. (laughs) When God created you, he made you to make a difference. And I'm going to tell you, if you're not involved, if you're not serving anywhere, then my friend, you're missing the very reason that you were created for. I said, you you are missing out and you will never be satisfied until you find your place. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.9, it says, it is God who saved us and chose us for what? Sit back on the pew. Come and listen to the pastor. No, he chose us for holy work. What's holy work? Well, it's just ministry. It's serving anywhere. Hey, it's start where you are. It's what needs to be done. Just tell me what needs to be done. You know, it may be unlocking doors. It may, it, it may be turning the air down. It may be, you know, going and cleaning up behind the kids. I don't know. It's going to be serving. It may be greeting somebody. Whatever God does, it, you start where you are in the local church. Now, have you ever wondered why God left us here? I have these crazy thoughts. Well, my, you know... I mean, why didn't when we just accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior that he just like beam us up to heaven? You know what I mean? Like, like beam me up, Scotty. Like, we just like, we're out of here. He's saved? Good. I'm out of here. I mean, we could skip all the junk we're going through right now and all the pain and all the sickness and all the disease and, and just be out of here. I mean, one day we're in this world and we, we don't know him. And then we find him and we're out of here. That sounds pretty good. You know, we just go out here and, and, and baptize you and just hold you under. Say, so see you later, buddy. Welcome to heaven. By the way, two weeks, October 31st, we're baptizing. I mean, if you're ready to go, I'm ready too. I'm going to take you. No, I'm just kidding. Hey. On Halloween, rather than celebrate Halloween, we're going to celebrate baptism. And you need to get signed up. It's going to be a big day on Sunday after church. Get ready for it. Go out there, sign up. Sign up online. Do whatever you got to do. But I'm telling you, I mean, but the reason God leaves us here is because he's got work that needs to be done. It's our duty. Amen. In fact, there are two things that you can do on earth that you can't do in heaven. You can't sin in heaven. 
and you can't tell nobody about Jesus in heaven. Now, which one do you think that he left us here to do? If you say sin, I'm going to be right up here at the end of service. I'm going to pray for you. No, he left you here so that we can serve people, be the hands and feet, be a representation of Jesus Christ. Are you, do you have to be perfect? I think that's what people, the enemy wants to beat you up and say, well, you're not really a representative of Christ. Well, maybe I wasn't yesterday, but today I have forgiveness. And he, you know what? I'm going to start over. I'm going to get back up on my feet. I'm going to be a representation. Now, that'll make you think about how you're representing. Hello, churchgoers. If you ain't been representing it, my... You might, you might need to make a change. I'm not preaching about that today. But just think about it. You representing everywhere you are, and the reason that you were left here was for one reason, to re- represent what Jesus has done in you. Amen? Amen? Now, there's something taking place in our world today, and those of you watching online, don't think I'm pointing a finger at you. I know, you know, I, there's sometimes I'll watch church online and I'm glad we have this uh, uh, avenue. And some of you, you know, through sickness, you're not able to come physically to a church. And man, that's great. But what I, I am worried about is I see there's a lot of unattached Christians. In other words, you don't have a church home. You float around. Is this okay? Y'all still with me? We go to different churches. I think I'll go to this church today. And Now, I'm not talking about when you're checking churches out, trying to find a church for your family. But I'm talking about if you never get grounded. We have a devotional by our bed. We listen to praise and worship music, which is all good. We're good people, but there is no commitment anywhere. And I'll tell you right now, if you don't have any roots, you can't bear any fruit. My Bible says you need to get planted in the house of God that you might flourish. You need to have accountability somewhere. You need to have a place where you can serve. There are people that, are, that, that never get rooted. They're not serving anywhere. They're not giving anywhere. They're not accountable to nobody. They're not committed anywhere. Then why would God call shepherds and pastors? To help guide, to help protect. I, you know, people think, you know, I'm not just up here to teach the Word of God. I care about your life. And, you know, when there's someone that's going through a tough time, Debbie and I, between us, we do our best to cover and pray for people and be there for people. And when you're going through a tough time, to counsel and talk to you and, and, and be there for you when your kids are going through a tough time or you don't know what to do with that crazy teenager you're trying to raise. I've been there. I've talked to so many people trying to help them. You know, you need a shepherd. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but we have, I have a purpose. And I, I tell people, you know, if you're not committed, if you're not grounded, if this is not, you know, if you're not uh, wanting to get grounded somewhere, then you're not letting me do my job. My job is to serve you the best I can. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm serving you with the word. And I'm not here to tickle anybody's ears. I'm going to serve you what this book says. Amen. Don't become that. Amen. I mean, people see, people equate becoming a Christian sometimes to knowledge. You know, I, I know a lot. They equate it to learning. But it's, it's not just equating it 
to learning. It's doing what Christ has done. Amen? It's faith without works is dead. It's doing. It's fulfilling. At the end of the day, if we're going to become like Christ, you've got to be a committed servant, showing it through action. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 8 and 1 says, While knowledge may make us feel important, it's love that really builds us up. Now, so I'm going to move on to number three for the sake of time. Y'all ready? Disciples serve because my church family needs me. This one's personal. If you knew the blessings, if you have the right heart and you commit to serve, if you knew what you're missing in your life right now, you would join up today to serve somewhere. Whatever it is. And look, realize that we're a volunteer organization, just like, you know, a lot of people get paid to do things, but we're a volunteer organization. Matter of fact, they say the greatest form of leadership, purest leadership, is usually found in churches because you have volunteers leading volunteers. You don't get paid for it. It's the purest form of leadership. It's not like I'm doing it because I get a check. No, I'm doing it because it's my duty, my responsibility. And you know the great thing is that you can serve in a church. And, you know, I know some people that just like, they wear themselves out. No, you need balance. You need balance. Everything, life, you need balance. Anybody? Some of you, I'm going to serve. and I'm, Put me up there for every week. I'm serving in the nursery every week. <laughs> Good luck with that. Because after about four weeks of puking and diapers, you might like be like, never serving again. Never. No, it's balance. It's finding your place. Not only does the church need you, God needs you. You are the church. We serve one another. Sometimes you get served, and then there's other times we serve. That's the way it works, right? You're served, and then you serve someone else. That's the way it works. Uh, Ephesians 4.11 says, So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to what? To equip. What am I doing right now? Equipping his people. Who are the people? For what? Works of service. Why? You just said it. So we build one another up. Y'all see how that works? If everybody's doing their part. I mean, in other words, God has given me permission to push y'all this morning a little bit. Spiritually speaking. Amen? I'm pushing a little bit. My job is to get you to do your job so that the church can grow and the church can be healthy and the church can reach our community and reach lost kids. The church family needs you right now. Some of you may be thinking, well, I just don't know what to do, Pastor. I don't know where to serve. I don't, I, I, I don't know what my gifts are. I'm just waiting on God to show me. Listen, we have what we call our growth track. Growth track. It's starting on November, I mean, I'm sorry, October the 26th, which is a week from this Tuesday. On Tuesday nights, 7 p.m., we feed you supper. We take care. We got babysitting. We, we eliminate all the excuses. Unless you got to work. But I'm just inviting you, if you've not been through that, it's an opportunity, first of all, for Debbie and I and our staff and our team to get to know 
the new faces. Or even maybe you've been here a long time and you haven't been through Growth Track or it's been a long time. Come on back because you need to hear fresh vision. You can never get enough vision. And maybe it's like I need to re... I need to get retuned in. I, I, need to, I need to think about why I was created. But on, you can sign up for that on the app. Go out front, tell somebody. I invite you to be a part of that. We'll help you find your place. We'll help you find your place. That's our job. That's my job. That's our team's job is to help you, train you, getting you in a position. You know what? And it, here's, here's what I know. People think, well, if I sign up, to do something, man, I'm forever and ever. No. How many know that just like you physically mature and, and mentally mature, you spiritually mature? And so over time, you have different seasons of your spiritual life just like you will in your fleshly life. Does that make sense? And as you grow spiritually, God repositions you to another place that you're ready to walk in. Now I've got a new light. I've got a new position. I've got a new place. I've got a new depth because of how much you've grown and I've shown you and matured. Man, now God opens up a new door. So you know what? You serve till God opens a door for the next one. Anybody? You'll know it. If you keep the right spirit and the right attitude and open, I'm telling you. Folks, I started with mowing the grass and taking care of cows right on this property that you're sitting on right now. I just said, Dad, how can I serve you in the church? He said, well, let me get out my list. My dad always carried a list. I called it the hit list. <laughs> Every day, I got a list. He said, well, man, I, I need to run over here and take care of that and this. And, you know, the sewer stopped over in that building, and that electrical's not working over there. And, and I'll take it. Some people think, well, I'm going into ministry, man. Woo, I better study. I'm going to preach the Word of God. No, I was out digging sewer lines. Repairing stuff. But I did it with joy because I knew if I was taking that responsibility off my dad, that he could do what he was called to do. You see, that's how, you see how that works? When you're helping Debbie and I in this church, you're taking a load so that we can fulfill where we are right now. Do you understand what I'm saying? If everybody's doing their job, everything gets done. And we have fun doing it. Am I pulling hard this morning? Yes, because maybe you haven't really understand. It's not just about I'm signing up to volunteer. No. I've been called. I have a duty. And even though maybe you've gotten tired of where you're serving, I want to remind you again of why you're doing what you're doing. Because I have to remind myself. I have to have moments. I have to have moments with God to remind me why you're doing what you're doing. I have to go back to my Why? Because if you ever lose your why, you lose your way. There was a lot in that statement I just made. If you lose your why, even in your marriage, you'll lose your way. 
That statement works with everything. So I'm asking you, church, disciples serve. Y'all got my message? Did you take notes? <laughs> I love you. I hope you take this, my message today, from my heart. I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just trying to share how great it is and how wonderful it is to be a part of a church family and serve God's kingdom. We got work to do. So if you're not a part, today's your day. Because God left you here for a reason. Because one day you're going to stand before him and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not good and faithful hero. That's all I got, y'all. That's all I got. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Stand to your feet. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Thank him for saving you today. So what do I do next? Well, if you haven't been through growth track, that's your next step. If you haven't been through growth track and you're not serving, go tell somebody out front. If it seems like, you know, just remember, volunteers leading volunteers is not always the most organized either. We try our best, but everybody's doing busy and doing jobs. and Just hang in there, okay? Hang in there, ask questions. I want you to bow your head if you're here today and you've not given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've walked away from him. I want to pray with you today because today is your day. God's talking to your heart right now. He's talking to your heart about making that commitment back to him. Why leave out of here now when he's tugging on your heart? If you want me to pray with you, I mean, again, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to pull you out of the crowd, but I want to know. Just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, conclude me in that prayer. I'm ready to make a step. Come on. I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you. All over the building. Thank you. I see two hands right there. God bless you. I see you in the back. God bless you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Hallelujah. All over the building. God bless you back. God, thank you, Jesus. All right, church family, help me pray for them. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me enough that you sent your son to die on a cross for all my sin. I repent today. I'm changing the way I'm living. And I'm going to look towards you to lead me and to guide me. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior from this day forward. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say a big amen. Come on, we receive that today. Amen, amen. If you're watching online, you prayed that prayer. God bless you this morning. Thank you for praying that prayer. And by the way, the we have Bibles. Let me just say this. We have New Testament Bibles, uh, new, new Believers Bibles that we have absolutely free. If you don't have one, it talks about steps you can take 
it helps you to get started. Right here, Miss Brenda's got them. If you want to come forward and get you one, get come up on up here and get one. And then again, if you're a guest, if you have time, come by VIP. I love you. We'll see you here Wednesday night at the table. God bless you.